Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Now, is is uh, is being sick with Lyme? Does that make are, does that make their immune system weak so that they're more susceptible to mold? In your opinion, to uh, mold illness? it's hard to know. It's not like, kind of like the chicken or the egg problem. Was yeah. the mold there first, and Lyme came on? Was the Lyme there first, and mold came on? Yeah, uh, it makes them more susceptible because Lyme has a, a way of suppressing the immune system and hiding from the immune system. So it you know wants to stay alive too. Yeah, it doesn't want our immune system to kill it, which. Yeah. That's what the immune system is for, is to kill it. Yeah. Uh, and so it actually downregulates aspects of the immune system so that it's harder to kill. Uh-huh. Um, and some people, that happens very quickly. And some people, it doesn't happen for decades. So there's that component. Also, um, the there's an environmental garbage or environmental toxicity component to that. Yeah. So if somebody has uh, a lot of heavy metal exposure, like mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic, uh, there's a lot of drinking waters, su- u- municipal drinking water supplies that have more lead in it. Yeah. Um, I would submit that anybody who was born before 1978, actually, I'm sorry, uh, forgive me. If you were born before 1978, you have lead, period, because it used to be in the paint. Mm-hmm. If you were born before 1987, you have lead, period. Because it used to be in this thing called leaded gasoline. If you ever fill up your car with oh, this yeah. stuff called unleaded gasoline. That's right. Then it's because there used to be they used to put lead in it to stop it from pinging. Yeah. Well, what that was doing was putting lead into the environment. So if you were breathing before 1987, you have lead. <laughs> oh wait, if you were breathing after 1987, you got it from your mother, grandmother, great grandmother because it crosses the placenta up to four times. Wow. So basically, if you have a higher lead of load of lead or mercury or cadmium or arsenic, it's in water supplies and in a lot of other places, that has a suppressive effect on your immune system. So if you have a high load or you genetically can't get rid of that, mm-hmm. that's going to play a role. If you live uh, in agricultural places where there's a lot of uh, pesticides sprayed and you happen to be around when those are sprayed, that's going to add to your load. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a lot of other factors in environmental illness that play a role. And usually the people who are Lyme and mold ill uh-huh. are oftenly, often environmentally ill. They can't walk into the Michaels well, they can't walk into the uh, fabric store because the odors cause them a migraine. They can't walk yeah. down the fabric softener aisle because the odors give them, you know, tremors or, or, or other weird yeah. symptoms. And they know that they can't do certain things because they're environmentally ill. Yeah. Um, and so there's some genetics with that. But effectively what's happened is their body has gotten overloaded. It's kind of like the bucket got filled up. Yeah. And now the bucket's overflowing, and the spigot at the bottom is supposed to be releasing it. It's still doing its job, but now you have so much that the bucket overflows, and then you have a ton of symptoms from the overflow. Yeah. And it takes some time. It takes a lot of work. And, and these people are so sensitive. Yeah. You can't give them stuff that, like this lady I told you about early on in my practice, another doctor said, boy, you need B6. You can't react to that. And I watched her. I gave her some B6, and I watched her react. Yeah. So it wasn't psychosomatic. It was real. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know why you're reacting to B6, but certainly you can't handle it. And they, she'd become so sensitive to things that she needed, mm-hmm. she could only take them by new doses. And so her, we had to get to the root of the problem, which another doctor did, found her Lyme, killed it. And then she could start repairing her sensitivity pathways, and she could start rebuilding her body from the ground up. But it's a very slow process. Interesting. So interesting. So back to your, your thing about mold and Lyme. Mm-hmm. So... 
the there's a percentage of Lyme patients that you had that were just weren't getting better, and then you realized that the majority of the time it was because they had a mold issue at home. Yes. So once someone came in, rectified the mold, you know, fogged, treated, whatever, got the home safe, then would you notice a pretty swift no. turnaround? No, because there's, there's still pieces missing. So good. I'm glad you asked because. Uh, there's a mold protocol, and you can uh, get on survivingmold.com and find doctors who know the protocol. And I've been trained in the protocol, but I didn't go and get certified because I found if you do two things really well, about 95% of the people get much better with just doing two things. Now, that sounds easier than it is, but I yeah. want to tell you the two things. Yeah. Um, and so, and for that 5 or 7% that didn't get well, I'd send them to somebody who knew the protocol. And yeah. uh, they, you can find them on survivingmold.com. I want to give honor to... Dr. Shoemaker, who basically right. wrote the protocol, yeah. and after treating seven or so thousand patients, that tells me he knows what he's talking about. That's, yeah. that's good enough. Yeah. He could treat eight thousand, but I, it, he still knows it really well. <laughs> so, survivingmold.com, you can go there and find and find um, doctors who have been certified in that protocol, and you can get help there. But yeah. the two things are number one, and this is mandatory, non-negotiable. You have to get out of it. Yeah. And number two, you have to get it out of you. Okay. So number one, you have to stop the exposure. You know, uh, uh, an old dentist mentor of mine said, it's really, really hard to dry off if you don't get out of the shower first. <laughs> yeah, that's And a in good this one. context, if you don't get out of the mold, it's really hard to get your body reset if yeah. you continue to expose. Yeah. So my patients who are super sensitive, I would tell them, go get your remediation done. And before you rebuild, have your maintenance come in and fog just to make sure that there's no possible anything left in the house. Right. When I had fl floods in my house, I had the remediation demo guys come in. They, that was what the insurance covered. They came in and demolitioned everything. Before we did any rebuilding, I had you guys come. You fogged my house. And yes, we didn't. We keep not learning our lesson because it's the third time you've been in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, every time, comes back in and goes, oh, I can, I can breathe here again. So number one, is you must get out of it. This is non-negotiable. Non you yeah. will not get better if you do not get out of it. Yeah. Um, and so number one is get out of it so there's no more exposure. And then number two is take something that will get it out of you. Okay. Clinically speaking, there's a whole bunch of things that you can use. And I'm going to send you uh, uh, another podcast uh, notes or a, a blog okay. on other stuff that you can use. Okay. But the thing that worked clinically really well for all of my patients was Pectisol. And I know you guys sell that. You can mm -hmm. find it on Amazon, but the kind you guys sell is way better. I, in my opinion, I'm opinionated. I think it's better <laughs> than the one you can get on Amazon. It's a little cheaper too. Yeah, But the pectisol is effectively modified citrus pectin, so it basically comes from citrus. Yeah. So it's completely non-toxic. Your brand new babies can take it. Uh, super old people who are super fragile and frail, they can take it too. The frail and fragile people, I have them take less. Yeah. And the people who are doing really well can take more. Yeah. I've had the super sensitive people start with like a little sprinkle on their food once a day. Yeah. And I prefer it taken away from their food, but that kind of slows its action down. But it's a binder that will absorb biologic toxins in the digestive tract. The way it works is the people who are genetically susceptible to mold, they, their genetics is that they are not able to physically grab the mold with their immune system and exit it from their body. Yeah. So it's kind of like you send out the Marine Corps uh, or the Navy SEALs, and those dudes are really good at what they do. It's kind of like your immune system. They know how to kill and get rid of something. Yeah. But it's kind of like you've issued them the immune system or that part of the immune system orders that they may scream all they want, mm -hmm. but they may not engage with anything lethal. So you got your immune system getting all hot and bothered. You can imagine yeah. Navy SEALs and Marine guys getting all hot and bothered, probably <laughs> swearing and cursing. 
but all they can do is scream. So your immune system is getting all inflamed, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So you have a backup plan. It's called your liver and digestive tract. It works really well. So the, you, the immune system says, well, go over there. They'll get rid of it. The immune system will truck it out to the liver and bowel. The problem is, is these biologic toxins from mold are so small that they just sneak in the back door through the digestive tract and get reabsorbed. So mm -hmm. we short answer is we call them mold recyclers. Mm -hmm. So what you do is, is you put a sponge in there, pectosol, yeah. to absorb the biologic toxins and help them to exit. They, so the body thinks it's, oh, it's just pectosol because it's binded to that, yeah. right? It and just so binds like, oh, to I'll the toxins I'll and, and you poop it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so pectosol is pretty safe. There's drugs that do it as well. I, I That happens to be my bias. If I can do something that's safe and effective and doesn't taste bad, I prefer that over something that is also safe but uh, and also effective but less safe. It can cause some constipation. And so my preference is Bectosol, and pretty much anybody can take it. The super sensitive, we usually start with a sprinkle and work up to, if it's in the powder, usually I'll work up to like a teaspoon twice a day. Uh, for busy moms, I just say put it in your water bottle and drink it all day. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take it with food, it doesn't work as well. But the reality is, is I'm still happy if you took it. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole point is, if you have a load of a million biotoxins and you take five away every day, it'll take a while, but eventually you'll get to the million. Yeah. But if you can take 100,000, well, that's probably a little overstating. If you can take like 50,000 every day or every couple of days, it's eventually going to get those biotoxins out mm -hmm. so that your body's not c continuing to get all hot and bothered and get inflamed. And then the body can calm down the immune system and heal. Interesting. So someone who's had Lyme, they're not, they're not you know, you've, you've done all the protocols, you've, you've done everything you can. Then you're like, oh, wait, it's mold. Uh, they they realize they did have you know a flood or a leak or whatever they get their home remediated and then you you kind of abandon that track not abandon that track but you switch gears to let's do the, the protocol switch, for mold I switch right? gears and say okay let's pause the extreme things you're doing to kill the lime let's add in the stuff to fix your house and fix your body and with the mold and then revisit this in a month the fastest of anybody seen anybody ever get over mold symptoms was three weeks. It's the fastest I've ever seen anybody do it. Most people, it's a couple of months. What kind of symptoms were they? Just curious. Uh, he had fatigue. He had anxiety. He had uh, brain fog. Couldn't think. Process. And in three weeks, they were pretty much gone. Yeah. After was he Lyme too? No, he wasn't Lyme. Oh, that was just mold. That was just mold. But still, that's but most people, dangerous. it's not that fast. Yeah. And he'd already cut out all of his stress. He'd already, you know, retired from his job. He was already basically doing nothing. Spending time with the family. He'd already doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But most people, it's usually uh, two to three months. Yeah. And then they get enough of it out that their body can calm down. But this yeah. is presuming that they are out of the mold. Yeah. So, okay. So you kind of switch over to, if, if they have Lyme, you kind of switch over to the mold protocol. Well, I still do, have do them do doing the supportive things for Lyme. I just take the expensive extreme things off. Mm -hmm. Because reality is if they're coming to my office and spending three to $600 on a treatment, and we keep doing the treatment, that gets expensive. Yeah. And if they're not getting better... I have a, I kind of have a moral obligation to not continue a treatment that's not working. Right. I say, well, so we're going to put a pause on that. You're going to keep doing the supplements to support your body. Yeah. And then we're going to focus more on the line, clean up your home, clean up your body, and then we'll reassess. And most people get better. And if they don't get better, then I need to keep looking. But most people, again, eighty to ninety percent of those get better. And then I can say, well, do we need to assess? Address anything with Lyme because we already treated it. But if you didn't get well, or you know, some symptoms went well, great. But all the other symptoms, that tells me that those are mold 
based symptoms, not Lyme disease based symptoms. Yeah. And so next time you see that symptom, you know, and I had a lady who was getting electric shocks. Yeah. And she didn't do anything, but she brought some of the stuff back from storage. And uh, because of her finances, she didn't have you guys go and fog her house. She just moved, yeah. basically almost left naked. Yeah. And just took a couple of things with her that she could wipe down. Well, some of those things, she started to see traces of mold again that were growing. Mm. And she started getting those symptoms. I said, nope, it's gone. you got to get rid of it. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, it, it does sound like, at least in the beginning, uh, the symptoms can be similar between Lyme and mold. They're very similar. They're very similar. So how do you usually parse that out? Is it just the testing and the... I think good history. Where have we been? Yeah. What happened? When did this start? How did this happen? Yeah, and obviously if they have the bullseye and some of those things, well, you go that way. Well, stress plays a role. I talked to a guy today, and uh, he's <coughs> dealing with uh, a lot of uh, health issues. And I said, well, you know, when did you first start noticing your major health issues? And his wife said, about 2015. I was like, well, what happened in 2014? She's like, in 2015, I'm, I still what happened in 2014, the year before, but that was when he sold his business and he was in the process of moving out so the new people could come in and take over for him. And that, anybody, that's always a good thing to do to, you know, transition. So it was high stress. Mm -hmm. And so when there's high stress, cool thing about stress is it's anti-inflammatory. We give stress hormones called prednisone, which are similar to cortisone, stronger, but, and those suppress the immune system. Now, if you have high stress, that actually can have a suppressive effect. Now, you mentioned earlier that you had somebody didn't, that the flood was 10 years ago, but their symptoms started a year ago when she went through the divorce. Yes. Well, the high stress of that, the high stress is really good. It's important for you to be able to deal with that stress, but too much can have a suppressive effect on the immune system, and then things can get out of control. Yeah. So stress is always a, a, another player. Yeah, like you like you said, your body naturally detoxes it through the systems, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, but anything can be overloading. But then, when you, when you have the stressful moments, all of a sudden the de you know you, you can't, can't maybe your body can't keep up with it as much, and all of a sudden the bucket gets full or something yep. and starts starts overflowing and symptoms. Wow, this is really interesting because yeah, even just knowing that symptomatically they're really similar in the beginning, and you do like a history, you know, you, you kind of do the history of the home. And then, you know, where have you been to find out maybe if it's ticks or, or well, insects? I, I start right? out with a very thorough medical history on my paper, my paperwork. So my intake, when I was testing it on my electronic software, it took me 30 minutes to fill out my intake. Really? Now, some people Pretty just go thorough. right through it because they don't have anything going on. But I was trying to be honest. I wanted to know, well, how long is this going to take if I write my stuff? And I'm pretty healthy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm figuring that people who are really sick are going to be 30 to 60 minutes filling that thing out. So that gives me a ton of data. Yeah. Then I go over uh, in a first office visit. I had one of those this morning with a patient. We spent two and a half hours going yeah. over that and uh, everything else. And here's what we're going to do about it. Yeah. And here's the testing that you've done. This is what it means. Here's what's missing. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a it, it you can't do that in 15 minutes. Not possible. Yeah. So with your thorough, you know, kind of, or even your first visit that may go two and a half hours, are you usually pretty confident whether it's uh, mold or Lyme by the end of that? Yeah. Well, for example, this gentleman today, yeah, uh, they had a sump pump that overflowed a bunch of years ago. They cleaned it up immediately. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure that you have mold, but just 
for the sake of being thorough, I want you to get some testing done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going to do home testing, and I've, I've got issues with home testing. I don't think it's as good as they say it is, but at least it is something to look at for those people who are sure that they don't have mold. It's a way just to look and see if they might. And then doing yeah. some metabolic testing as well that's going to look for other things. And, and so I, I'm not focusing on mold for him as the primary problem, but it's still on my radar of let's just rule that out and make sure that it's not a problem yeah. because there's not a big history. But reality is if somebody's basement overflowed with sewage, well, there's a lot of garbage, a lot of bad stuff in sewage. Yeah. Uh, and that's not just the water that came up. There was water in other stuff coming up you know yeah and and all that is going to be infectious and all that's going to grow bad stuff yeah totally and then mold's going to grow on it to help to clean up the mess that's kind of what mold does it cleans up messes yeah unfortunately it has this nasty side effect for about 25 percent of the population yeah interesting so you'll you'll usually at least have a good game plan by the end of your your time with someone yes and then like in this case you may keep mold in the back of your mind and maybe as you progress and maybe hit a, a, a roadblock, you might say, hey, let's revisit the mold. Well, the thing like is, is I, mold is always on my mind. So even if they have proven to me that they don't have mold, what is their church like? Do they go to church? Has their church ever had a flood? I have people who are sick for three days after church, but they really are religious, so they want to keep going to church. Right. Um, I have people who, uh, anytime they work in the garden, theoretically that mold shouldn't be a problem. But I have people who go out and work in the garden, and they always come back every time they go out and work in the garden. They always come back hurting. And mm-hmm. one guy, he has a lot of body aches and pains from mold. That's mm-hmm. his symptom from mold. Yeah. And we can't really fog the garden. That's not realistic. So he <laughs> doesn't get to work in the garden anymore. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might be some other environment where the mold could be. Now, maybe their house is clean. Awesome. you got to play a good, safe place to live. But maybe your work. You're right is contaminated with mold well you know some bosses are really good and they'll get it fogged other bosses are like no we don't have, since i don't have any symptoms you can't have any symptoms again yeah logic snafu but yeah well and even uh, what i found commonly is that the customer knows the history of the home since they've lived there and they're like no there really hasn't been anything but it's a 30 year old home they've only lived there for 10 years it's, it's one of those things where you're like well, what happened the previous 10 years? Yeah. And I know you can go in and you can go with water detectors and you can go with heat detectors and so on. But the reality is, is if you are in your home and you're getting sicker and it all seems to have started around the time you moved into the home. Yeah. I don't care if you know the history. There's likely mold. And I don't yeah. know how many times they found it in the shower where they couldn't find any damage. And when they remodeled the shower or the bathroom in order to bring it up to standard, there was massive amounts of black mold. Yeah. And since they were doing it themselves, they aerosolized all that mold through the entire house. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, good, Jeff. This is awesome. I think, I think I've learned a lot about Lyme. I don't know. Um, I mean, just the fact that I, I, like I said this just a second ago, the fact that they're they're similar symptomatically. Because I, again, I'm no doctor, but when I meet with someone, I'm feeling them out. And I basically do what you do, but again, I'm, 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 I'm getting a history of the home. I'm asking them their symptoms. And then, of course, I'm going around with my meters, my moisture meters, my humidity, humidity sensors with my infrared cameras, mm-hmm. you know, possibly a boroscope if I need to poke into a wall and look and see what's in there. Um, and so I add that to it, but, you know, I'm piecing all these things together. So even this is, the main, this is exactly why I wanted to do this because I wanted to know – 
I want to know what Lyme disease is because I want to throw that into my knowledge base as I am interviewing these people. Um, you know, because sometimes, I'll be honest, I mean, some, sometimes people are sick. You know, they call me out, they're sick, and I don't think it's mold. I mean, I just, I determine that uh, doesn't align upright or we'll even treat the home as thoroughly as possible. And, uh, you know, there's no signs of mold and they're like, I'm still not getting better. And, and I, I know that could be different things. A lot of times they don't come see someone like you. They're like, yeah, the house is better, but they won't get on, you know, like you said, the two steps, get out of it and then get it out of you. So sometimes people don't, don't do those things. And and, uh, so they don't get better that way either. But one of the things that's a problem, a great blessing that has a problem that comes aside with it is we have a phenomenal modern medicine juggernaut in our society. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having a heart attack, I tell my patients, don't come see me if you're having a heart attack. I suck at that. They're really good at that in the emergency room. <laughs> uh, if you have a broken bone, if you have a car accident, emergency medicine and acute care, our system is phenomenal second to none. Yeah. Unfortunately, because we have come, the, the back cruddy side of that is we've become so used to relying on the doctor who's going to save us from something acutely bad Yeah. that we have forgotten old wisdom of, you know, doctor heal thyself reality is if you're not a doctor how do you heal yourself we've forgotten the old ancient wisdom of doctor mom or doctor daddy of let's manage things as best as we can and when we are out of our league let's go get some help Mm -hmm. and we think that whatever we can just do whatever we want this is kind of the the unfortunate backside of that is we think we can do whatever we want we'll be fine the doctor will save us the reality is that's fake yeah. That is completely incorrect. It doesn't work. Yeah. And so I encourage people, that's part of the reason why I want to do more of these, yeah. I encourage people to get themselves educated as best as they can. Yeah. Take five minutes every day and learn something about how you can be healthier. Because yeah. I believe there's there's a, a lot of truth in, in, in the word pain. And pain can be described as, gosh, I hit my finger right there uh, with a hammer and it really hurt and it turned black and blue and yeah. you know it was really sore for a while. Yeah. That's one type of pain, but the pain I'm talking about is the the pain of uh, pay now, pay later. Yeah. Uh, you can pay now in time and effort to keep yourself well. Yeah. So you might, that might include vaccination or not as well. But time and effort to take supplements and exercise and do things to help so yourself be well now, that's pain up front. Yeah. Or you can have the pain on the back end, which is uh, literal pain. Uh, multiple doctor's offices, the pain of having to pay that doctor and or the insurance and or the co-pays and or all the other things, and the pain of lost wages. So was it more expensive to do things up front to help yourself be well, or was it more expensive to not get paid because you can't work because your life has crashed because of some weird, crazy health concern? Right. And my wife had some really crazy health concerns, came out of nowhere. They don't even know why that happened. Uh, I took her to the emergency room because it was way outside of my what I feel comfortable with. They saved her life. They did a wonderful job for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had no idea why the thing happened as well. But because she went into that major health problem <laughs> in extremely good health, her outcome on the back end was minimal pain and suffering. Mm. Yes, there was some rehab that she had to do, but it was minimal right. pain because she'd done a lot of pain up front. Yes. So there was less pain on the back end. For me, I'd rather pay, take the pain at the front end. Totally. And not have to deal with the bad pain on the back end. That's how I 
yeah. live my life. I and totally so agree. I really want people to, okay, you're not a doctor, but you know stuff I don't know. You know, give me something simple like a body, and I know what to do. Yeah. But give me something like super complicated and technical like a computer system. Yeah. I, we've decided that my office, if the computer breaks, I don't get to fix it because it's going to cost me more on the back end because <laughs> I messed something up that they, I didn't need to mess up. I don't understand that, and I and I'm grateful for people who understand simple stuff, uh, you know, difficult stuff like accounting and computers. Yeah. The beauty is, is there's lots of simple information out there that will help us all do things. It will be one more step in the right direction to help us be well. Yeah. And the more you can learn to be Doctor Dad uh, or Doctor Mom. Yeah. Um, the more you can take uh, power and be better, be healthier. Yeah. That's one thing I appreciate appreciate about you, Jeff, is your goal is to not want someone to see you. Yeah, I want to graduate. Is, I don't want to see him anymore. I want to fire him. Which is not <laughs> what you commonly see. <laughs> no, well, on the business aspect, I get a ton of referrals from those people I've fired or they've fired me. Yeah. Because I've done such a good job for them that when they're friends, they scream their friends. They're like, are you willing to do a bunch of stuff? Like, no, well, you need, no I'm not going to have you wasting yeah, the time. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the work for you. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a great business model. That's what we do with, with our stuff. If we can get you better and we never see you, that's great. And you'll yeah. tell someone and they'll come to us. And they send you a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually, so Jeff, I was going to close, but I just remembered one question. The only question that I actually had prepared and I didn't ask it about Lyme mm-hmm. Um, I've heard this from a handful of people. They talk about co-infections. Yes. And I and I originally thought is that is mold a co-infection? But I don't. Mold is classified as a co-infection per se. Remember when I said the you know the uh, the little tick or whatever bit you didn't you know brush its teeth and sterilize itself before it bit you? Yes. Yeah. The co-infections are the other infections that it gave you. Oh, okay. When it bit you. Okay. And, And one other thing that's kind of a clinical pearl, I see. Infections upon infections. So let's say you kill bug A, Borrelia burgdorferi. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that bug A is infected with a virus B, C, and D. So you kill A and it releases B, C, and D into your system and now you have a viral infection that you're dealing with. Interesting. Because v- the bug A died and now... And so that's part of the complication that is Lyme disease and chronic illness. Yeah. But if, you, but if, you, if some things got better and other things are new... That could be part of the equation. Interesting. So when you're when you're treating Lyme, you essentially might be treating multiple, and that's kind of what you said, multiple things. That's why. That. That's why I like therapies that kill multiple things. Yeah. Like my favorite therapies happen to be oxidative in nature. They're doing the same thing that the immune system is doing, mm-hmm. and I'll mention those. So you guys, people, your, your listeners and viewers can go and search it. Yeah. But um, I like oxidative therapy. There was some research on the immune system that found that. Well, let me back up a little bit. Standard thought of immune system is is a bug, you get infected by the bug, your immune system sees it, sends out a crew, it's a white blood cell, it gobbles up the bug, puts that bug into a, in, into a safe room, and then squirts a bunch of poison onto it, kills it, and then takes a piece of the bug and says, hey, everybody, this is the bad guy, kill it. Yeah. Okay? What is it that it squirts onto it that kills it? I don't know. Two things. Hydrogen peroxide and ozone. Our bodies physically make peroxide and ozone. And technically speaking, peroxide will release a um, H2O2, means there's a free radical oxygen on that peroxide that can leave and kill stuff. Interesting. So the thing that our body uses is that free radical oxygen to kill bugs. And there's no bug on the planet that can tolerate it. And in fact, the peracetic acid that you guys use as a fog, yeah. 
has the same mechanism of action. It's re- releasing a single oxygen radical to kill stuff. Interesting. So my favorite therapies is kind of like using your fog internally, which is oxygen or ozone yeah. done therapeutically. And there's lots of training out there for doctors to get trained on that. And the second one, which is differently powerful than ozone, which is ultraviolet light. There's a way of drawing some blood out, putting it through an ultraviolet light, killing everything in that blood. We give the blood back to you, activate it, and that kind of shares its technique with the rest of the system and allows your body to kill things better. So those are my two favorite antimicrobial therapies. They're not perfect. They don't do everything. But I found that most people get better and but and they're not standalone therapies. You still have to do other things to support the body. Right. And, right. and but I found that doing those therapies uh, was the were the big guns that would get people well. I had a guy who had this is completely unrelated, but to give you an idea how powerful these things are, in modern medicine, MRSA is a terror. Like if you got MRSA, everybody's afraid of that. Yeah. For me, I go, oh, give me something hard. I had a guy come in with MRSA <laughs> on his arm. He'd already failed two antibiotic rounds, and they were powerful antibiotics. He yeah. failed them because they didn't work. Yeah. I did one treatment and it was gone. He did a second one just for good measure, just to make sure it was gone. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's it it kills infection, allows the body to do. And you're speaking of it's known as ozone, right? Yeah. Is what you're describing. Like yeah. if people were to Google this or look if it up, if they look up therapeutic ozone or ozone treatments, yeah, for Lyme disease, they'll find doctors who have it on their website that that will. You know, it's not a FDA approved therapy. Uh-huh. It's technically still in uh, research stage, yeah. but I've got probably 300 um, articles in my database on treating various illnesses with ozone. Yeah. Uh, and, and ultimately, I find it's an extremely safe therapy. We still talk about the risks that are associated with it, but I find it's a very safe, very effective therapy. It's not perfect. And like I said, if somebody comes in with an acute case of Lyme disease, I give them an antibiotic. Yeah. Because it's cheap and it's safe and I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And if they still don't get well, then we'll talk about other therapy. Do you do the ozone in a particular part of the body? Wherever it's infected. Wherever. Like I, I had okay. a gal who came in, came in with a spider bite. Uh-huh. And I've been you know, kind of toying with the idea of injecting ozone just underneath that spider bite. Mm, interesting. And it basically cured it. Yeah. I'm going to have a, a testimonial of ozone next podcast. Because yep. Jeff's going to give me an ozone shot in my back. It's pretty amazing. Yep. And I'm excited because sitting here during this podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> like 30 minutes ago, I was like, oh, I need that ozone shot because I don't do well sitting well, or, or standing, really. Any position other than laying down. <laughs> Even that. So... Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jeff Wright. That's been, this is really informative. This is awesome. I look forward to doing more of these on, because as we were talking before, I mean, mold is often either misdiagnosed as other things or it's just closely related to a lot of other chronic illnesses. If your primary symptoms for mold don't happen to be that you have a blood test that proves you have mold, maybe you have anxiety. Uh, maybe you're urinating a lot and you're starting to show signs of diabetes insipidus, which is where you pee a lot and then develop static electricity shocks. Maybe your symptoms are extreme fatigue. Well, you walk into your regular ju- doctor and, and they're thinking, well, you just have an anxiety disorder. Let's give you, or you're just depressed. Let's give you a yeah. antidepressant. They're seeing the primary symptoms, but the symptoms are not the foundation cause. Yeah. And so people get treated appropriately, but it's not the cause, and so the, the, the anxiety medications just don't seem to work like they ought to, or the yeah. antidepressants just aren't working. Well, they, they try a second one, and oh, so I'm still not working. I still feel terrible. Or, yeah. And so if, if the medication works, probably it's not mold. Yeah. But if, it, if the medication is not working, 
keep looking. There's a reason for it. Bodies, I believe that our bodies were designed by a pretty smart creator yeah. who helps us, which is designed to be able to heal from all kinds of weird, crazy stuff, including yeah. mold. Yeah. So if you're not healing, there's a reason for it. Yeah. It wasn't dumb luck. It wasn't that your body really isn't. I mean, there's the genetic things where people have got something weird going on that they're going to have to deal with for life. But I'm not talking about those. Yeah. I'm talking about the things that are, you used to be healthy and you're not now. Something changed. Yeah. And so you have to find a detective. And we detectives are out there. Yeah. But we don't usually advertise. Yeah. And so you kind of have to look harder. Yeah. You have to be a detective to find the detective. Yeah, you have to be. A, and <laughs> talk to friends who were who used to be sick and aren't anymore because they'll give you a really good referral of who they went and saw. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's they, we don't usually bill insurance because insurance will pay us for five minutes, but the rest of the other two hours, yeah. they won't pay us for. So we're not going to waste our time. Yeah. So just understand that if you're going to see a detective, we do it usually on cash, and it will cost you some money. Yeah. Um, the reality like, is getting well isn't going to be free. Yeah. Yeah, like you said earlier, I mean, pay now, pay later. And even well, sometimes if you're healthy, you still have to pay later, right? I yeah. got an email on a group that I'm on, and they were talking about mold and what to do about it. And so I wrote back, you guys got to talk to Pure Maintenance. And FYI, I also happen to consult with them uh, locally. Um, but reality is, I said, um, you know, they're doing all this stuff, and they had a remediation, like a they did a, a pretty in- extensive remediation, ex- you know, replaced half the duct work. To me, that's way overkill. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do an extreme re- makeover, and it's going to be like $35,000. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Pure Manny's is really cheap by comparison to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, wow. I see you rolling your eyes, too. I'm like, okay. Ye- yeah. That sounds kind of like a, you know, Hail Mary pass in football. Like, and this doesn't this doesn't changed anything. Why don't you move out for six months and see what happens? Yeah, <laughs> go on a vacation for go on a while. vacation for a month if, and see what happens. Yeah, and see if you feel better afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, stay tuned, everybody, for for more episodes with Jeff. We'll 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 come up with a kind of a syllabus of sorts. And, and well, we'll, if you have any listeners that really want to hear about something, have them write you and say, hey, yeah. what about this topic? Yeah, absolutely. If you, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, this is primarily mold, but I see mold in so many places. We could be talking about anxiety from mold and other stuff. Right. And we could be talking about, you know, fibromyalgia. You know, you go to the doctor and you say, I hurt and I just don't know why. And so the doctor runs a bunch of, a bunch of tests and comes back and says, well, you know, you've got fibromyalgia. Yeah. And you, and you say, well, What's that? And you go, well, it's, it's, it's a condition where you hurt and we don't really know the cause. And like, well, doctor, isn't that why I came? I hurt and I don't know why. <laughs> so, but that's yeah. the reality with that particular issue, fibromyalgia. Yeah. Um, and that often has a mold component yeah. as well. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of conditions out there. So if you have any listeners there that are. have questions, you say, hey, I'd really like to hear about this. I'm happy to, you know, well, we can do this. And even aside from... Uh, even aside from you know having them, I sh- we should have asked that a long time ago. If anyone ever has a specific topic, even on the remediation side or the health side, mm-hmm. yeah, by all means, write to Mike or me, or and, and we can get in touch with, or we we connect with Jeff, and we can have him uh, come up with a podcast on any topic related to mold and health. So yeah, absolutely awesome! Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for ha- coming, Jeff. And Good to be here. Till we till we do it again. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.